Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. Always wakes me up. All right. <laughs> Here we go. A um, little bit. What, what are we now? The day after the day after Labor Day. What? Right? Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, September the 8th, I want to say. Uh, tour Summer tour has wrapped up. What, 22 shows? Is that what it was? That many? I want to say 22 or 26, but 22 sounds about right to me. Um, 22 shows, lots to discuss since we chatted last time. Uh, five, five really, 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 really good shows. Two at Shoreline and then the uh, We Love Dicks weekend. Uh, 10 year anniversary of Dicks, which is, uh, I, I guess, we're celebrating. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I got a lot going through my head. I mean, there's a there's a lot of music to talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about Trey's rig and the guitar and the gear. Um, I was actually finishing the second part of that this morning. Uh, I still I never watched the last show. It never really ever loaded for me the way it was supposed to. Um, I don't know if I I think I text you every time I would go to load it, it would load with them waving at the end of the first set break and going into part two of Trey's rig. And I was like, well, shit. So did you watch the seconds? Because I haven't tried. I'm going to try to watch it tonight. No, because I was annoyed and figured I'd wait another day. Um, if it's still up, I'll try to watch it tonight. But I think it expires probably at the end of the day today. No biggie. I think it'll be end up being the only show that I didn't watch. But uh, hey, say la vie. Whatever is what it is. Um, where do you want to begin? Like when we spoke last Tuesday, we were hoping for some good stuff right? Like we were talking about some, you know, what would be special moments for us if we were there. And, and then those two shows from Shoreline came out and it was like, they brought it, man. Those seemed really special. The set lists were really good. A lot of really old stuff, some good game hinge content in there. Um, oh, I thought you were frozen there. No, you're just holding a face. <laughs> I wish people could see that. That's good. Um, so, I, I mean, really, the highlight uh, was Soul Planet. I, I like I uh, the third longest jam of all time. I was thinking about something that I wanted to bring up because we've talked about the quality versus quantity thing many, many times about the length of the jam. What does it mean? And uh, I think there's a lot of fans that you know they like the long stuff, right? There, there's a certain um, cachet that goes along with that half hour jam with a 40 minute jam with a 50 minute jam and i think the argument we've always made is that um it's more about the quality and the notes and that a 15 minute can be as good as a 25 minute or a 30 minute yep. i was thinking though the one thing that we didn't mention the last time is that the way this band operates if they're not feeling it they end it right they go into something else so i think one of the things that is awesome about those long jams is you know they're going they're going through it because they want to because they're feeling it because they don't want it's not resolved yet and they want to and they want to keep pushing it forward and i think i sort of was sort of thinking about that when i was listening to i can't even remember which one there's been so many long jams we've been spoiled and i was like god like they they're they're just loving it i think it was everything's right from the other night didn't mean for that to rhyme but it did 
um it was just like i was thinking about you know what yeah when it's lengthy it's because they they they're feeling it and they want to keep going into me that made me enjoy it a little bit more yeah so to complicate your emotion um the assumption that you're making is they wanted to end versus this is a good time to end mm -hmm. oh, okay yeah right? uh, there are times though you can tell they're like okay I I agree. I'm not saying that you're wrong, yeah. right? but I think that sometimes the jam ends not because they wanted to keep going forever, but because the way that everything has come together, it's the appropriate time to finish this song, be really excited that we just played this music and then move on to the next piece of music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah, we, we've been, we were talking about expectations last week and, you know, people talking about how the big long jams are gone and that uh, it, the early part of the tour was the best part of the tour. And uh, coincidentally, or maybe as if somebody was listening, um, yeah, it started well, just... Well we, know, well, we know that's not true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's funny. True story. But like, holy moly, man. Like they, when I, when I go back to August 31st, uh, okay, Glide, interesting opener, which, by the way, neither one of us are, are winning any money on these openers. So Anytime soon. <laughs> oh, jeez, we got to recalibrate for the fall tour, which, by the way, is only a, a little over a month away. That starts on the 15th of October. Trey's Trace solo tour starts in only nine days. I know. And he's got, like, pretty much every day in the second half of September uh, into the first few days of October, and then, yeah, the whole back half of October is fish tour. But anyway... Um, so glide, okay, fun, and then Colonel Forbins into Mockingbird, like, all right. Uh, anything from Game of Magic, man. Anything. You know, like, okay, awesome. Very early in the set. Um, Wolfman's brother, if I could, which again, I never needed you like this before. Different position again, right? Yeah. Middle, middle of set one. A good stash, right? Uh way. First time in the tour, if I'm not mistaken, bouncing around the room, got a boo and Moon Age Daydream. Really good opening set. And then to have a six song second set with a 47 minute soul planet to open up, I found out about that uh, uh, posthumously, I guess you could say the day after, because I didn't get through the first show, right? But the time zone difference is killing me. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> the normal shows kill me, let alone the time zone difference, man. Yeah. So I had stayed up late. Um, or no, I had closed that night. So yeah, I watched it late, but I couldn't stay up to like 3 a.m. is what was required. Um, so I listened to it the day after and holy hell, it was good. Like I actually like reserved time for it because I wanted it. I knew it was long and I wanted to sit in one setting and listen to it. And, you know, the 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 space funk stuff that's been that's been taking off has just added a whole new dimension and a whole new thing. And I know we'll get into Trey, Trey's rig, but to see him kind of go through all the different things that he could do and all the synth sounds that he can get. It's just awesome to listen to. Like that's a six six song second set with final final hurrah theme from the bottom. Great, uh, Axela part two. When was the last time these started Axela? And I remember when I was getting back on the train, I only knew the album version of Axela well. So whenever I heard it live, you know, I threw the buzzard in the sand and I was like, wait, what? What is this? And I got used to that, and I was used to singing along to that. And then Axela Part Two busts out, and I got to revert back to the old lyrics, and ah, but great. And then uh, uh, Tila, another uh, Game Henge, Harry Hood, Harry Hood popular song this tour, right? Five or six plays. Yeah, a lot of like, 
this is one of those things like I, are we really complaining that Harry Hood was played like six times you know well, I from an earlier episode I, I I think it's the best song that's not on an album between that and you know like really uh and then fee and wilson i mean yeah that's uh nothing like a good tuesday nighter you know um so right <laughs> at a venue that we weren't really supposed to be at yeah <laughs> and then the night after uh look at this first set uh mike's song uh nana stepped into yesterday alvina malkanu we could pod it's a really cool mike's crew brian a short brian and robert thread which i think was the only time on the tour you know this is your this is your wheelhouse bud yeah if not maybe the second time since the early early part but i think it's the only time uh, the wedge great jam on cities yeah right? like like one of those hidden gems a little underrated like like what okay uh passing through which so funny about that so okay the next day that song's my head Boom, 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 way, oh, way, oh, do, 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 do. And, it's, and it's in my head and I'm singing it. And I go, what song is that, Megan? That's like, that's a cover from an 80s band or something. She's like, I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm singing it. Like, you don't know it because Fish played it last night. And like, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a cover of an 80s band. <laughs> Look at that. It's Caswine Boxed. <laughs> so like, I guess it is. Technically was a cover <laughs> know that you were messing with her or did you actually believe because you know how sometimes that like that shit gets stuck and you're like man where did i hear that yeah no i i knew it was the song that fish had played but i thought it was somebody else's song like i thought it was a legit 80s cover and then i looked it up and the only results i found was caswan fox so that to me was pretty funny uh lame but funny and then fluffhead thought that always good second fluffhead set two the lizards a 34 minute tweezer like is that just the expectation with tweezer now it's got to be a half an hour or right again coming back to expectations how do you how do you not when you like this is the this is the trend that the band's been on how do you not expect something big like that when you hear that song yes i flipped my shit that they opened the second set with lizard by the way and then into tweezer like that was really good yeah like whoa miss you piper 20 years later twist and then uh our good old favorite backwards down the number line like beyond a dream and tweezer repriser for the encore um <clears throat> great couple of nights there like i think i don't know man for me in terms of you can argue nights, ah, you can argue yeah i don't think you can beat that the only thing is missing is a karini which um in later yeah yeah that's one that I might want to play you because that was, um, yeah, from September 3rd, night one of Dick's from Pebbles and Marbles at the end of the first set into Karini. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to cue it up real quick because. Awesome. That's the only time they've, they played that one this tour, right? Pebbles and Marbles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, well, I just actually listened to that this morning. Oh, did you? I'm kind of, I was kind of disjointed. We were away this weekend, so I didn't. I, I watched piecemeal. So now I'm just going back through um, from Dicks to, to hear it all. Okay. Yeah. Listen, so listen to, um, and this was great, Karini. The only thing I will say about it is as a closer, they, it's almost like, like this version. I don't know if you, you've listened to it. It's like they didn't know how to end it. They were jamming and kind of flowing along and all of a sudden Trey just went back into the main riff 
and they usually open a set with it and segue into something else. They jam into another tune. I uh, I really enjoyed from this set. I really enjoyed Vultures. It oh, sounded real yes. good. Yes. Um, the whole thing. I mean, it's an interesting set. Like I love my Yarmouth Road. Uh, open with forty six days party time. Um, steam steam is always awesome. Although it's sort of gimmicky, I love when they fill that stage with steam. You see all the lights peering through, and I think it was awesome. Cool. It was an awesome song. This was an awesome set. Like I, I'm halfway through Karini, uh, but I mean, even if Karini, even if the even if the close isn't isn't epic, like what mm -hmm. they played in the first set was outstanding. It's funny you just listened to this today because um, just listen to the roar of the crowd when he starts into Karini. Like it's it's unexpected, right? excited when I when I heard that one um six times I think Karini was played this tour as well it was the summer of Karini and every one was really good it's far from a the standout one was that big second set opener that they played that was awesome yeah uh, especially because it was early on in the tour and, and there hadn't been anything that big yet I mean it was very early of course but uh really kind of set the tone again the expectation of what this 4.0 was going to be all about so far yeah, so Creedy not not in the shadows anymore, you know? Like, it used to be one of those songs, like, that got busted out very rarely. Like, it was a real treat to get a Creedy. Now it's becoming more like, it's a song that's a staple. Yeah, like every fourth, fifth show. Yeah. Right. Well, look at the reaction it gets. I mean, I mean, think about it. I'm down with it. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, speaking of Creedy, I, um, I, I flagged a post this morning that I thought was kind of fun. It was um, stuff saved. Um, 10 show suggestions from a 28 year fish veteran. So 10 things to keep in mind when you're going to a show, 10 sort of guidelines or, or rules. Uh, one, we fully agree with this. Don't get fixated on hearing a certain song. Otherwise every other song will seem like a disappointment instead of a gift. Leave your expectations at home. Let Trey pick the set list and go with whatever he picks. He'll give you something tasty, I promise. Very true. Yes. Two, wear hearing protection. You want to be able to still hear the nuances 28 years from now. Okay, fair enough. If you're going to a lot of shows and you're up at the front a lot or whatever, maybe not a bad idea. Um, three, what's that? No much about going sitting up close at shows yeah <laughs> three don't get too high find something that enhances the show if needed but make sure it doesn't interfere with your ability to lock in on the band the lights and the music four don't get too drunk alcohol increases your stupidity your conversational volume your desire to smoke cigarettes and your need to go pee during reba and it decreases the chances you'll remember the subtle sounds of the show five Take care of your people. 
Make sure they are hydrated. Don't lose their backpacks or their minds and get safely home. Be aware of their needs and your surroundings. Uh, six, be a dancer, not a chomper. Yes, the shrooms are telling you that the thought in your head must be shared right now, but save it for set break, not, not while Trey is singing Billy Breathes. Uh, face the stage and lock in on the artistry. The moment ends and the ones when the band is playing are precious and few. Seven, don't throw wet or sticky stuff on the ground. <laughs> yep. Eight, don't be a critic. Mistakes will happen. New songs will be played. Find the good in them and marvel at the fact that no other band can come close to doing what they do. Holy shit, they still amaze me after all these years. Nine, leave the kids under 12 at home. Too intense, too smoky, too loud, too much chance that they'll play Karini and scar them for life. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Uh, and 10, don't ask the Inglewood cops why they harass the t-shirt vendors, but not the nitrous sellers. Trust me on this one. Inside joke, I guess. But uh, good advice, I think. Good advice. Yeah, I can't disagree. I don't know, man. I, I think what would be more fun is if what the same guy would have wrote in the 90s. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True story. You know, like it's, it, it, we've been on board for a long time, man, a long time. And we've changed a lot. And, you know, like out of those 10, six of them are just sensible parenting tips. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I'm going to a rock show and I'm going to enjoy the shit out of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's talk a little bit about Trey's rig rundown. Did you watch both of those? Yeah, uh, I'm a little bit, I have a little bit to go in the second one, uh, okay. but I definitely watched the first one. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously, I guess something he did about nine years ago. If you search it on YouTube, you can find the one he did nine years ago. Uh, yeah, I've seen that one a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure how much, I haven't, I haven't seen it. And as our, our huge audience knows, I'm not exactly a guitar guru, um, but I'm still fascinated by it all, how it all works. I do love tech and I love electronics. That's, you know, something that I'm into. So yeah, I was really fascinated by it. But one of my biggest takeaways is he was just like a kid playing with his toys. Very much seemed like that. Like he was getting excited, talking about what these things can do and the amount of memes that have come out of it has, has been very good the dreamy eye tray so funny he's so funny like he's so like he's evolved and changed so much from i think about like bittersweet motel tray <laughs> and he's like and he's negotiating with the guy for the uh, gun yeah put your hands up motherfucker <laughs> versus now yeah he's whipping the whip yeah versus now he's like a sweet grandpa which he's not yet but it's only a matter of time i'm sure it's so funny that you said a sweet grandpa because i told rochelle the same thing i'm like he's just like a really nice grandpa yeah so what do you think of his rig i mean you 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 have stuff i i don't you know i don't know if you're a big pedal board effects type guy but clearly trey is a, a bit of a guru when it comes to all that yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff. So I'm just getting into some of this. Like, I, I like simplicity as much as possible, right? So I like being able to just pick my stuff up and put it down somewhere and plug it in and within five minutes, you know, sound like I'm going to sound. So, I mean, he has the ability to create some really complicated sounds. A lot of the stuff, I'll be honest, a lot of the stuff I had no idea, you know, I know the general principles of it. I don't, I didn't necessarily understand all of the nuances. I think your insight around is just a guy playing with his toys. I think there's absolutely a lot of truth. 
to that, you know, I, and again, I think as a player, it all comes down to like what you want. Like if you really want something contrasting, go onto YouTube and look up uh, Angus Young's rig rundown. Okay. And it's like all the same guitar, all the same pick, all the same cables. It's pretty much a Marshall amplifier and a plug. Really basic. That's the sound that he wants. And that's the sound that he likes. That's right. Yeah. But I guess he's also, he's also in a band that doesn't have the vast, uh, the gallimaufry and variety of sounds that fish goes for. Right. That's, that's him as a human being. Right. Like, yeah. you know, we've talked about this numerous times, like, well, you know, discussion, I think Fishman was bringing it up, like, when you're, a, you know, when you're Slayer, you slay things, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I'm sure if I looked up Kerry King's rig, it would be very similar, because it does what it needs Kerry King to do. When you're trying to play every type of music, and you go on these, like, vast adventures, musically, you know, they clearly get inspired by the sounds. Mm-hmm. Right, like the one of one of the sources of inspiration for Trey clearly is the ability to fuck with shit, produce a certain sound, and then use it into what's happening in the moment. Right, and you don't get that without having the availability and the options uh, that he has available. Yeah, and, and there's so many there. One of my favorite parts was when he—it's in part two, I want to say, early on, where he's talking about forget what it was called and he's 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 saying he said yeah i'm getting another one that's going to give me seven more sounds to play with and he was almost like rubbing his fingers like he was mr burns (laughs) the thing that i really want to know is and and i bet you they do it like this i bet you in a way they they figure out ways to get new sounds and they don't tell the other guys that they have this new ability until they drop it in the show Right. And then one of them is going to be like, holy shit, what the fuck? And then that just that just streams a whole avenue of ideas. I really hope you're right. Like, I really I really hope that is how that goes, because you do see reactions, not like jaw dropping. Holy shit. Um, because they, well, they to... turn and look at each other, you know, and Trey's yeah. the best for it. Like Mike just is stoic as shit, but like Trey will look and you can see that he's surprised that like somebody played that line or that it sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Mike is stoic as shit. <laughs> he is, I mean, for the guy who's got incredible rhythm, he doesn't look like he does. The way he physically moves when he plays, for what he does move, right? It almost even like his head bob is in a different rhythm with what he's playing. It doesn't add up for me when I watch him, right? Yeah, you're right. But he, he's he's like always in time. Clearly his playing is phenomenal, but uh, yeah, he doesn't look like he's grooving or moving at all. His feet are planted, um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Oh you'd, oh, you'd be able to know, if Mike wasn't in time, you'd be able to know it would sound awful. Sure, sure. But for a guy that plays that many notes as a bass player, yeah. you, would, uh, you, know, you would be able to know. I was looking for, um, there's another post I saw today, and it's really no surprise, basically calling Fishman the MVP of the tour. Uh, yeah, um, no, there's no doubt. Um, some specifics, though. Uh, it says, Fishman is the reason this tour was fire. Three things to know. One, Fishman completely and utterly refused to come off the hi-hats throughout the summer. Game changer that led to breakout jams. Example, Tweezer from Atlantic City, night one. 
cities from shoreline night two, blaze on from Deer Creek night one, go forth and listen. Two, his laggy, slightly intentional behind the beat bass drum while he was on said hi-hat slowed the tempo and kept the pace mellower longer, leading a stronger build with better tension and release. Three, Soul Planet went from a song for the haters, boo to the haters, to a moment where everyone finally realized that every song has unlimited potential. Fishman was the driver, so stop hating haters, let Fishman lead the way. And then, you know, they don't, they don't call them fish for nothing, and Fishman has always been and always will be the MVP. You could say this about any tour. Yeah, I, 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 I guess the divorce did him good, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna prove her wrong by playing the shit out of these drums. Yeah, doubt it. Yeah, but you know, there's there's truth in that. In that, like, if you don't have a supportive partner and they're weighing your ass down, like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we don't know the circumstances, but who knows? Maybe he, he's in a better place mentally, and and yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Listen, I agree with everything there. You know, like he really is, you know, the best drummer of this age of music. I don't think that's even arguable. Yeah, like his his flexibility too. Somebody was commenting on his jazz drumming in the Beneath the Sea of Stars. And it's, there's so many different styles that he can do. And he busted a cover that has, he can drive a great rock beat. He can do funk beats. He do it all. It's incredible. And then he's got that sampler. Yeah. <laughs> too right i think that's one of the reasons why it makes the songs hard to play when you're playing with a drummer is because you hear the nuances and that's how it should sound but it's not easy to play all that stuff yeah yeah so definitely um for a 4.0 sound there's definitely like i don't think that's arguable at this point i think i think that's just as, as clear as day yeah and so far, I'll even go as bold as, as to say that the, the stuff I've been hearing from, from 4.0 uh, sounds much better than some of the later 3.0 stuff. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, that's totally fair. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I've gone back and listened to anything from 2018 or 2019, and maybe I will in a little bit. I want to go back... Um, and listen to like i i'm re-listening still but i'm only on still on the deer creek weekend because that's where i was a week ago when these new shows started going so i've caught up i've listened to every show of the tour and i'm going back through the second time and after that probably by the time i'm done that it'll be trade tab and or be ready for the new tour again in the fall yeah, like it's gonna come quick include um the live bait that they released into mm. the Mm -hmm. there's just some absolute gems on that beast i might have to do that yeah i'm looking for um yeah i saw yesterday somebody had posted just a nice little stats list of all the songs played i think there was 209 unique songs played during the tour nice uh, yeah considering it's 22 shows like but come on, <laughs> there's another band that's doing anything near that. Um, it's almost 10 unique songs a show. Although I will give uh, Dave some credit uh, and some flexibility points. So they, they just as um, Fish anniversaries, the Liberty Weekend with Dicks every year, uh, Dave has been doing the Gorge for Liberty Weekend, I think going back to 2000 or 2001. Like they've owned that weekend there forever. 
And going into this last weekend, there's only three original members of the band at this point. There's Dave, there's the drummer Carter, and then there's the bassist, Stefan. Uh, Carter and Stefan were compromised from COVID, so they weren't playing. So they invited a bunch of different guests and they did a show where Dave did like three or four solo songs, then three or four songs with Dave and Tim. And then a guy who's been touring with them playing keys jumped on the drums and played. And another guy came in and played keys. Another guy came in and played bass. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and they had a totally different kind of weekend, but played Dave Matthews songs and Dave Matthews. In fact, it was almost the Dave Matthews and Friends band minus Trey, because Trey played with them in 2004. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah, so to be able to not have to cancel tickets and still do a show, and by all rights, it sounds like it was great. Like they compensated with a ton of energy and a ton, and a ton of fun, and people really, really dug it. So cool. Shit, I can't find that list. I wanted to kind of go through it, but that's okay. Um, yeah, just kind of looking at some of the highlights and just off the top of my head, bathtub gin. Like every time that was played incredible oh that dude that's just one of those songs where you're just like i can't believe i can't believe somebody made this song yeah there's when a lot of those songs you're like, um, yep, there's a lot of those songs there's a lot of those songs <laughs> really it's like you forget uh god i'm not finding it son of a bitch like one of my favorite moments listening to fish is they play a song you're like oh my god i forgot about this song yeah even um even uh, hearing Bliss, you know, uh, just before, oh, have you gotten there? Have you gotten there? Or is that? I don't think so, but I do love that song. Oh, shit, sorry. Um, into Billy Breathes. It's, it's, uh, it's so good. Yeah, it's so uh, good. Dang, I'm not finding it. And I love when, I love when the newer songs, you know, like Ruby Waves, for example. I remember when I first heard Ruby Waves the first couple of times, I wasn't, wasn't overly excited by it, but now I hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, this song's awesome, man. I really like it. Um, well, yeah. and the first time they played that was at our show a couple of years yeah. ago. That's right. Um, and obviously the 38 minute version from end of 2019 summer tour brought a lot of people in on that song and, you know, getting through it to get to the jam, but I like it. I like the lyrics. I like everything about it. Like I like, uh, I sing along to that song every time I hear it. I dig yeah, it. it's great. Yeah. A lot of those Ghosts of the Forest songs are, they grow, right? I mean, um, here's that text, sorry, I'm just, I'm just seeing that trade, Trini Eyes meme. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I don't think I'm finding this uh, stats list, which is kind of annoying because I wanted to read through it. Still no Gaiuti. We never got a Julius. Um, yeah, what else we have? A Water in the Sky? Yeah, they, they sound checked it a couple times. Yeah. Um, any other big ones missing? Uh, hold on, let me just write. I'm making a note on that one. We didn't hear Petrichor. <laughs> didn't expect to. I was just, I was just thinking about like those, um, those long, um, um, things that they wrote, and a lot of them didn't make the cut this year, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I think they're more focused on jamming and more focused on putting on a great rock show. You know, like there was, um, I agree with you. And who knows if it's a conscious choice or just the other guys weren't up for it. Who knows? But 
Yeah, I'm not finding this. Son of a bitch. It ain't Son of a bitch. I'm looking. I'm just scrolling. I'm just scrolling through some albums to see if uh, what didn't make the cut. Did we get a long boy? Yep. Remember, I was commenting on uh, Paige like coming out and doing his little crooner act, and uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, we didn't get a breath and burning. Okay. That's all right. Nice song, but you know. Too soon to start talking about MSG. I reckon they'll be doing MSG. I think so. Oh, we only got a one yam, right? Or do we get no, two? Couple. Couple? Yeah. Okay. They did Dick's Night too. Well, I, thought, I think we got three actually. Two in the first part of the tour and then the other night. I don't know, man. I think, you know, I think if we really, I think we'd really be reaching for a song that we didn't hear, you know? Yeah. I mean, if other, than, other than Gaiuti and Julius, I think those would be the two biggest ones. I think there was only one antelope the whole tour. Didn't play, they only played one Bowie. Uh, two. They played Bowie again? Yeah, this past weekend, I thought. Okay, see, I'm not caught up, right? But I think you've listened to it. I don't think it was last, like the last show. <laughs> I don't think. Um, but either way, it's, it's just incredible that those songs just keep coming. Um, here it is, the Bowie. Uh, yeah, they played it on September 4th. Okay. If you're on the last show, you're on the 5th. Uh, and then August 8th, which was Deer Creek. Falling asleep or something. Before that, Moon Palace Resort, February 23rd, 2020. I already But you know what? Just looking at it, it's a pretty infrequent song lately. Once on the fall winter tour from 2019. Only three times in the summer 2019 tour, once in the fall of 2018, twice in summer of 2018. Listen, man, I'm of the I'm twice I'm, in all of 2017. Like I'm in the camp that um, you know, I'm always happy to hear them play it. It's always a great song, but I don't think uh, you can't touch the 1.0 on that one. Mm, mm, yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, like I'm not saying it's terrible, no. but uh, how dare you? I know it just doesn't have the it doesn't have the rage that uh, it's a song that requires rage, man. Yeah, it's a pretty. Did we get? A, I don't think we got a dinner in a movie. Dark, angry song. No, we didn't get a dinner in a movie. No, we totally did not. Um, but we did get a couple of um, foams, and yeah. we, did, we did get some esters too. So that's worth celebrating in my books. Yeah, we got some drift while you're sleeping. Yep. Yep. Everything is right. Everything's right is a good song. You know what? The farmhouse that played the other night was really good. Yeah. It it um it was just really really nice and sweet. I I I, re I really enjoyed it. Only a couple first tubes. They kind of gave it up after uh, midway through the tour. Come think of it. There's just so many songs. Like how do you how do you get to them all? Yeah. I know. You know, and when I think about how Trey crafts that set list, he wakes up and he's got like 80, 90 or whatever, and they whittle it away. Ah, man. It's um, it just the flexibility to, like, I mean, 
it's just uh yeah it's pretty totally, awesome totally agree dude you know we never got though that 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 i was sort of boldly claiming we were going to that i was asking for was a new cover into the rotation and didn't really happen nope. and they kind of played all the popular covers once maybe twice right i think we got one loving cup we got one cities one cross-eyed and painless we got uh torn and frayed yeah we got a timber we did a moon age daydream yeah yeah did we get no quarter i think so i think there was that was like the trippy night the one night where i was just like just blow it was blown away man we did get a no quarter they played at the right time i was like oh my god i can't believe this that was one of those ones that's one of those sets you want to go back and listen to um yeah i guess 14 though that was atlantic city yeah yeah it's just a good like i tap on a song and it's all there you know what i did actually um i wanted to tell you about i was listening to mercury from the other night and i was halfway I was, the jam was about to start and i was thinking about that song and its complexity and i thought what what did the first time sound like you know like did they debut it because i hadn't listened to it so it was july 22nd 2015 i looked it up and yeah. i went back and i listened to it to see how complete the song was were the lyrics done like what did the first time sound like and what was the audience's reaction hearing this song for the first time it was cool like they, it sounded the, the intro was a little bit more drawn out it just it didn't go do 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 days they didn't do that they kind of like a traditional song kind of started into it and then but the lyrics are the same uh he flubbed up one little part music was pretty much the same and the audience was silent apart from the parts that you would think it was just yeah it's really really neat i like the genesis of things like i like the beginning and, and, and kind of seeing that and seeing and you know hearing its evolution so yeah that was pretty neat um because it's such a complex song and i didn't know if the did it parts and pieced it together over time or what, but you wonder how long a song like that is rehearsed and labored over in the background before debuting it, you know, cause that's, that's not one you learn in a day and bust out that night. Like trade doesn't bring that. It goes, okay guys, I don't, I wouldn't think. But I can't remember what I was listening to. There's been a couple of times where he's pushed it where they're like, oh shit, I don't know if we're ready for this. And he's like, all right, here we go. Cool. You know, so. I think Ruby Waves is one of those songs. Yeah, you might be mentioned. Again, this is the, the type of stuff that you remember that I forget. So, um, last thing, I haven't listened to it at all yet, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, Undermine Season 2 podcast, uh, first episode comes out today. Oh, cool. Um, and it's all about the community and the fans. And first episode is called, Hey, check out this band. So it's probably about uh, in the early days of the internet, college kids from around the country began to congregate online to discuss fish and trade information and live show tapes. Evolving alongside the internet itself, the community helped the band reach new fans, expand their sound and reach a level of success, which few could have foreseen in the 1980s. In the first episode of Undermine Season 2, Fish lyricist Tom Marshall walks listeners through the evolution of tape trading and the digital dialogue around fish in the 1990s. We hear how this community grew with insight from people like names uh, while hearing from a lot of fans who are part of the early fish scene good times hour and five minute episode that sounds like a commuter that's a bomb dropper right there buddy yeah cool beans well um so yeah man i got i'm gonna re-listen 
gonna 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 digest more of these guys if I can in the next little bit. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a lot to listen to <laughs> again, yeah. uh, but, but I'm glad I have a little bit more time. And uh, I'm excited about Tab, but I don't know if I'll be. Will you listen to every one of those shows? No. Yeah, I don't think I will either. I have too much other stuff to listen to. Like I can't get my opic and just listening to this. I have to listen to other stuff. Yeah. A year ago, we would have. Listen to Tab? Yeah. If Fish wasn't playing. 100%. 100%. I want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of when they repurposed those shows, like the, the Tab show they released um, as like the official release from like 2002 or 2003. Okay. Hold on. I'll, uh, oh, the one, the one in Utica. Was it Utica? It was where they had to end the show early because the balcony was coming down. Was it that one? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that show. That show. Was awesome. I'm not sure. One of the cuz. That show was awesome. Yeah, they can be great. They've got you know they, they definitely. I wonder what it's going to be like without uh, Tony. They announced a replacement for Tony pretty early on. Forget his name, but he's played with a lot of the guys in those bands. So <clears throat> let me know what to do that either way. October 25th, 2002. And what's and where was it? Utica. Utica, look at me. Not to be confused with Guy Utica. That was I, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I, I get that everyone, I get that everyone loved uh, Tony. I get that he could hold down a groove. Uh, but I think that uh, the new guys are going to be just awesome. And you know what? They bring a different kind of energy. Totally. Totally. So it's going to be, yeah, it'll be fun Straight to see long. what's different. All right. Well, lots of music to listen to. Lots to look forward to. Um, cool. Yeah, I got to get caught up. Right? Got to listen to that Soul Planet one more time. Because everybody's waiting on it. Oh, like 10 more times. And go back and listen to the the Simple, the Blaze On. Mm -hmm. You know, the Carini, the yeah. Carina. Yeah, plural. Holy moly. Yeah, what a tour, man. We're so lucky. We're so lucky to be, to be at a time when, when music like this is, is being played for us to listen to and talk about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, have, you, have you seen or heard or read anything about the reaction about fish outside of the immediate fish world? Like, has there been anything in, like, the mainstream media about their tour and so just as a general rule, I stay away from mainstream media. I don't I'll, see a, I don't source it out a lot either. I, I, I've been repulsed by Rolling Stone for a long time. Um, yeah. So I, I don't pay attention to those outlets. Yeah, but I just wonder if anybody's like, you know, there's a lot of, because there's not many bands that are touring and doing what they're doing and getting the reaction that they're getting, at least from their fans and from us. I just wonder if anyone else out there has taken any notice. Not that it's about that. It clearly isn't. Well, most of my most of my music come most of my music recommendations come from the artists that I listen to, and they're like, "Hey, who are you listening to?" And they'll say names. I go check those out. Yeah. And I was listening to Chuck D from Public Enemy. He's like, "Hey, he's like, just because he's like, you don't have to listen to music forwards. You can listen to music backwards." He's like, "It might not be a new band, but it's new to you, so <laughs> go back and re-listen to the classics." And I was like. God damn, Chuck D, you taught me a lot in my life, man. Like, not only are you from like the greatest, arguably the greatest hip hop band ever, but you're a smart guy. Yeah. 
there is a lot to go back and discover. And I kind of felt that way when I was going back and listening to Talking Heads, who I still will put on. You I know, love it. Oh, but in light, every time I go back to that, it, it grows on me a little bit more. I'm like, fuck, this is really good. Yeah, there's so much. Like, think about it. How many, how many, how many Rolling Stones albums have you listened to front to back? right there's a whole catalog of incredible rock music there to go back and listen to yeah yeah fair enough yeah it's just true there's a lot of a lot of or even bands that i haven't gone back and listened to in a long time like i randomly put on a pink floyd list on like the other day and uh, it was actually inspired by have you seen um on netflix i forget what it's called it's a documentary about drummers um and a lot of the big name drummers are in it. The dude from Iron Maiden is in it. Nick Mason from Pink Floyd. And I forgot about Nick Mason. He's a huge F1 fan, huge car, car junkie. And he's getting interviewed in his living room. And behind him is like a 1980s, 90s Ferrari F1 car. <laughs> this living room, it's fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, them talking, uh, Stuart, Stuart Copeland is in it. And uh, he's talking about this epiphany of wanting to play the drums, learning a beat from something that he had listened to and being able to do it exactly like that guy and going, holy shit, like I can do this. And right. having that realization that this is possible. I've recreated what somebody else can do. And it, it, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I, I found it really, really fascinating. That's something that's worth checking out. I forget the name of it, but uh, if you have the Netflix. Well, yeah, see, Pink Floyd for me is always a regular rotation. I think they're just one of the best rock bands ever. Yeah, pretty incredible. Hey, pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah, so I got to get them into my rotation a little bit more. Um, you know, but uh, so much time to get happen, That's pretty simple. With that? Listen to whatever makes you happy. It's pretty simple. Yeah, and I do. It's just uh, there's only so much time in the day. There's so, there's, there's so much out there that, you know, that, uh, yeah. Anyway, I've gone back and listened to Circles Around the Sun again. So good, man. Yeah. yeah. They're really good. Yeah, that, that, that puts me in a good mood, that one. Uh, Goose is really growing on me, you know, in terms of, like, what I'm listening to. Um, yeah, it's good. I love it. So good. Cool. All right, brother. Well, oh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your, uh, what is it, Wednesday? Right, good times. Play safe out there. I'll see you soon, bud. Yeah, bye. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove. <laughs>